Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Finch Show and I am James Finch where we're talking 3D printing, cosplay, and all things nerdy and rad. In this episode of the podcast, my guest is Michelle Waffle, who is a cosplayer and I love the fact she, like Marvel needs to give her an honorary PhD in X-Men because she is just like the encyclopedia and I love it. I'm such a huge fan of the X-Men myself. I grew up with it. So I was really excited that we got a chance to sit down and talk. Um, I'm going to stop talking about the episode and just get to the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Michelle. So um, I have it. Um, I, I got referred. We talked about this, but I got referred to you through the wonderful Brittany, um, AKA Captain Brit. And so typically anything she tells me, I just flat out consider to be 100% true. I don't doubt her at all. But she told me that you are a certifiable X-Men nerd, which <laughs> like freaked me out beyond anything because it's like one of my favorite subjects to talk about. And it's so like rare to find someone who's like an X-Men nerd as well, um, at least on that level. But um, so I, I got to ask, um, all that being said, where did your, I guess, exposure and or love for X-Men begin? Oh, man, I think so. I feel like the exposure happened in like 94. My my brothers asked my mom if she would buy them those like Flare Ultra X-Men trading cards. Like that was that was the big thing that was happening. And she went and they didn't have a lot of male ones so she ended up getting some female ones mixed in there and my brothers were like well, we don't want the girls we just want the guys so I said well I'll take them like these look these look interesting and I remember specifically there was one really random female card that stood out to me it was it was Saturn 9 which was like an evil clone version of Saturnine. And I remember reading her bio on the back and I'm like, dang, this this girl is like, she's vicious. It talked about her <laughs> killing her clone and like taking her spot. And I know it's a very obscure, very random character, but that is the one that I remember sticking out to me the most. Mm -hmm. And then my parents also bought my brother's comic books and they they weren't really readers and i i love to read i love to read books um articles like anything my brothers always used to tease me that i would just zone out reading anything and i picked up uh an x-men book and i remember it specifically had rogue and gambit on the cover embracing in this like beautiful like loving pose and i was reading it and they were talking about how they couldn't they couldn't really touch each other. So they couldn't fully be intimate with one another. And this story just intrigued me. I'm like, why can't they, they be together? What, what's happening here? And then cue the X-Men animated uh, TV series <laughs> premiering. And that is when I, I feel like I fell in love with the X-Men because every Saturday morning I got up with my brothers uh, the theme song came on. One of my brothers used to like jump on the couch pretending to be Wolverine. Uh, it was it was like a whole Saturday morning like tradition. Mm -hmm. And I just I loved those stories. They were they were so good. They just they just sucked me in. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely the the classic era of X Men. Oh. And that's that's interesting to hear. We kind of come from the same 
period in time of exposure. Sometimes when you talk to X-Men fans and there's like all different degrees, you find out really quickly, like their angle on it depends upon where and like they were originally exposed on what they consider to be like their X-Men. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're actually pretty close on that. So that's pretty, I remember those player <laughs> cards. I've actually in my bedroom, I've still got the whole binder with Wolverine on the cover. And, you know, every single card is in there because when I was like, yeah, I was the I was the same age, and I remember my parents had a Sam's Club card, and you could go buy like the whole box for like thirty bucks full of trading cards, and that was like my oh. birthday present one year. And then, like a nerd, you know, you spend the next two days opening them all, and you know, putting them in order and putting them in the binder. And yeah, that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, that is fantastic. How um, you know the the thing that I find really interesting about the X Men is sort of like they have this like evolution over the course of time, no pun intended, um, <laughs> that, um, you know, for, sort of like, you know, the different eras that they, they've gone through. Is that still that kind of era that you sort of identify with the most? I think so. I just, like the 90s were very iconic to me, I feel. I loved all of the, like, big shoulder pads, um, the, the, like, puffy like side pieces all of those belts with tons of pockets <laughs> only for the guys though none for the ladies <laughs> but those bright colors i just <clears throat> i think that is the x-men era that just really like stands out for me mm-hmm. like that's the one that i i'm drawn to and i love the most the current one too is also very interesting so it's um i fell out gosh maybe in like the 2000s i know kind of the gist of what happens but I was, I mean, I was in college and, you know, other priorities. I was out like clubbing and like having fun <laughs> with my friends. So I didn't really have time for comics. And then I got into it, um, I don't know, maybe like 2015, 2016, I kind of got back into it. But the 90s are probably like the nearest and dearest x-men for me mm-hmm. yeah especially that uh, my favorite and i've always been a big fan of jim lee like sort of like the jim lee era like when he launched volume two and i i realized that amongst x-men fans there's a lot of controversy there between you know him supposedly forcing chris claremont out um mm-hmm. but as a, but definitely art wise like i will still flip through those issues and just be like like just like you were saying to me that's x-men not saying that you know other eras aren't X-Men, but is in terms of one that I personally identify with the most. And um, do you have a, I know this is a dumb question, but I'm asking anyway. <laughs> no do, you dumb ha- question. <laughs> <laughs> do you have um, an X-Men character that you would say is your favorite? Well, I really love Jean Grey. I mean, she's my, she's my girl. Like I love how like powerful she is I love that she was the only female on the team for so long and then like I mean all of the 90s x-ladies are badass Mm -hmm. 100% you know Storm, Rogue, Jubilee, Psylocke they're all just so great but I feel like Jean Grey got that like extra like power boost once she became the phoenix and she just like totally became even more badass mm-hmm. and, and i love that about yeah. her yeah she um you know there were the only issue that and i did not like with her as a character i love her as a character sometimes it it would bother me in the animated series like they didn't quite know how to use her like they didn't know quite mm-hmm. what to do with her and a lot of the scenes and a lot of the fights and stuff like that um 
But, you know, the flip side, you ran into that a lot, a lot with Wolverine. I mean, I'm like, I realized that like <laughs> we got to the point where it was like cliche to say that, you know, Wolverine is my favorite character, but Wolverine is by far my favorite character. And I'll never forget when it started when I was a kid, I had a next door neighbor who was slightly older than me. And he apparently had been getting, I don't know, a bunch of crap from his parents that he needed to grow up and stop being into kids stuff. So he gave me like three huge boxes of comic books from the eighties and it was X-Men. It was fantastic four. It was Avengers. Um, and I, I still to this day, I'll never forget the first comic book I ever read was uncanny X-Men number two sixteen, um, 1987, I believe was the year that was published. And I, I, I knew nothing about the X-Men because this was prior to the cartoon. This is prior to all that stuff. Um, I think a Marvel time X-Men was like a tier three book. Like it wasn't even one of their best sellers or anything like that. And I just remember, here's this character with like these claws and this crazy looking cowl. And he's like running through the woods, like a savage gets hit by a car and just gets up and keeps running. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy is amazing. You know, now we fast forward how many decades later and I have a son named Logan. Um, so clearly that that's something that stuck, but anyway, back to the point I was making. They kind of ran into that problem too with Wolverine in the animated series, because like you can't have this guy with claws. Like the only thing you can fight are robots, right? Like you can't put him up against flesh and blood with his claws out because I mean it's a it's a kids cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I think uh, I think later on though, uh, Wolverine and the X Men came out, and I think they that Wolverine really got his like time to shine. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Wolverine and the X-Men, I think it's overlooked a little bit because it only got one season um, and it was a different take on the X-Men entirely. So I feel like he had a little, like animation wise, he got a little bit more of a redemption arc Mm -hmm. there. It was also a sign as to how popular the character had become that it went from being X-Men to Wolverine and the X-Men. You know, it'd be like <laughs> changing the name to John Lennon and the Beatles. Like, yeah. you know, it's no longer the yeah. Beatles. <laughs> it, that, that is, yeah, that's a really great uh, analogy. Mm-hmm. What, um, so th- this is great to talk about with X-Men fans. What is, uh, I would say your, be- your favorite storyline from the books? From the books? Uh... It's it's not like X-Men specific. Okay. So a little bit. So I really loved the story when Jubilee like left the X-Men and went and joined Generation X. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably like one of my favorite. I mean, that's my favorite series of all time. Like I love X-Men, but Generation X is really awesome. Um at the same time, like right after Generation X started, I want to say maybe like six issues in, all of the titles like totally got revamped and it became the Age of Apocalypse. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like that, I like I think I was in, gosh, maybe fourth grade or I don't, I'm not sure. I was young though. I remember I was in elementary school. I think because I was talking about this with some of my other like X-Men friend nerds and I didn't know at the time that it expanded over all of the current titles like I had no idea I thought it was just like I think Age of Apocalypse Alpha came out with the chrome cover and then I was reading Astonishing X-Men and I think it was Amazing X-Men like I thought that was it 
at the time. I thought Generation X had been canceled. Like I'm like, where is my series that I usually pick up? I didn't see it. Years later, I find out because you know we didn't have like the internet and Wikipedia and everything mm-hmm. that there was this entire like other story I missed, including my favorite Generation X characters being a part of. And Age of Apocalypse was just so wild to me. The fact that this the son of Xavier went back in time, totally jacked everything up, killed his dad, basically wrote himself out of existence. And Apocalypse was like, this is my time, my time to shine. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then how utterly like destructive he was and how things were just so bad during apocalypse's reign and he's like yeah this is what i love and the x-men are just they're like x-men that are typically good are not on the good side and x-men that are typically considered bad guys have actually converted to the good side and then seeing the ones in between like i remember seeing emma frost and she had a lobotomy a partial lobotomy so that she could be considered a human and like knowing how like strong and like badass of a character she is and for her to do something like that like what happened mm-hmm. you know there's these characters that are just like totally different like dazzler's a smoker um like and gene finally gets to be with logan and for me that's that's the ship that i love Mm -hmm. and i think it was cool how she was with cyclops kind of and then she escaped and became this mercenary with logan and they developed a relationship Mm -hmm. the age of apocalypse series that came after that i'm not as much of a fan of but the original run was really good i loved it a lot yeah the original run was great and i remember um how i was like almost losing my mind trying to keep track of everything when those were coming out because you were right the entire x universe changed like the wolverine comic became what was it called a weapon x i think yeah weapon or phoenix and weapon x or something like that wasn't it and i want to say like x force or one of those became gambit and the externals like they all they all switched titles for a while Mm -hmm. it was a great story and i love the especially the way they played the the relationship up between Cyclops and Wolverine in that one. Wolverine was missing a hand because Cyclops shot it off and Cyclops was missing an eye because Wolverine took it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and Cyclops was actually like more of a Cyclops because he only had one eye. Right, yeah, yeah. It worked, it worked. <laughs> and how like Havoc was very unhinged. Like mm-hmm. he was like crazy. Right, yeah. yeah. And I love the... Um, I love Sabretooth in the Age of Apocalypse. Like all of a sudden he was this big muscular like heart of gold guy with, you know, wild child hanging out on his shoulder on a chain. And it was just like, you know, um, a thing I loved about that. So for those of you who are listening or familiar with this, just like she said, Professor X gets killed back in time. So then we come to the current time of what would have happened if Professor X had never existed. And for all the history that's there, now all of a sudden you have like Magneto who's the leader of the X-Men, who is like a father figure to all these characters, who is trying so hard to keep it all together. Is trying so hard to just keep them alive and somehow find a way to win this war. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great you mentioned. That was probably like one of my favorite storylines from the comics. And the art was just amazing. I think Joe oh Madura gosh, yeah. was doing X-Men at the time. Yeah, because he did Alpha and Omega. And it was just, oh, God, it was so good. Dang it, now I got to go back and read all that. <laughs> I got to go dig all out and read them again. There's an <laughs> omnibus, and then there's like a, 
companion omnibus as well mm-hmm. for all those stories. Like I, I just picked them up myself. I think I got the companion a while ago, and then I just picked up the actual like omnibus for all of the original uh, Age of Apocalypse story. Do you ever find yourself doing that where you buy like omnibuses or graphic novels for like issues you already have just because you don't it's easier than going and digging them out of bags and boards all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or I'm just like, I'm missing a few issues here and there. But this omnibus has everything. So I could just, you know, read it at my leisure. Mm -hmm. I also have a Marvel Unlimited account. So I could do it that way. Oh, yeah. The um, now I got out of just like you were saying, probably about five years ago, I -hmm. stopped with the comics, not love of the comics. You know, I'd still read graphic novels, but in terms of like going to the comic book store every week or every month and picking up the new issues, I, I stopped doing that. Is it worth getting back into? Is X-Men humming along right now? I think it's it's definitely in a new era. Uh, I definitely suggest reading House of X and Powers of X. You can get those. I think they have an omnibus and then they have like the graphic novels collected of each. It's a it's a wild time for the X-Men. There's a lot of of things happening. I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> there's a lot of beloved characters who are making a comeback. And I I like what they're doing. Some of it is a little weird, uh, but I feel like the initial like reboot of the series, the House of X and Powers of X, are are worth reading mm-hmm. and then after that it, it divides up into different series and i feel like people can choose their own adventure like who do they want to follow kind of mm-hmm. a thing um there was another event that happened i think it was like swords of x or or ten of swords they use the x logo and i'm not sure if it's like ten of swords or x of swords <laughs> but it, that was also a very a very cool event um i liked that and then, of course, the Hellfire Gala. I mean, we're coming up on the second one. I think it's supposed to drop this month. And I love the fashion aspect of it all. I love how people are getting new costumes. Um, there's all these, like, new things happening. They're all on Krakoa. There's, like, they're exporting things from Krakoa. They're kind of becoming their own nation. And then judgment day is going to happen do we (laughs) know anything about that so it's it's basically the eternals are this group of like semi-immortal beings who have always kind of policed earth like looking for excess deviations any kind of things like any kind of evolvement of species that would inhibit like the progression of mankind in their eyes. And it has been brought to their attention what like the X-Men are doing on Krakoa. And they're like, mm, that feels like an excess deviation to me. So I think Judgment Day is going to pit the Eternals against the X-Men. And then I believe the Avengers are kind of stuck in the middle, like policing things. I want to say the story kicks off. Well, it kind of kicked off on Free Comic Book Day. There was the Judgment Day release. I want to say something happens at the Hellfire Gala this year to kick all that off. Um, we will be discussing this in further detail, like issue by issue on the podcast that I'm a part of, um, Power of X-Men. 
So if anybody wants to tune in and listen <laughs> and read along with us, uh, we're going to be diving into it very deeply. Some of my co-hosts are probably going to be throwing shade at each other. I feel like I'm a little more neutral. <laughs> <laughs> they put me on the eternal side because, you know, not a lot of people support the Eternals and I've, I've got love for them, but I also have love for X-Men. Yeah, the, so the, I feel like I'm Switzerland. That, that's this. crazy. The Eternals are going to get mobbed. You don't pick a fight with the X-Men. You I never mean, win that fight ever, ever. It's, it's wild. Like I, I don't know. I don't think this event is going to unfold the way people think it mm. does. I feel like there's going to be some, some other like bigger thing, maybe with the celestial, especially like after seeing the Eternals movie, like Arsham, the judge, I feel like the judgment part is coming from him. And maybe, you know, I'm just speculating mm -hmm. that everybody's going to team up in the end and battle like a bigger baddie mm -hmm. rather than each other. Well, that was sort of the way Avengers versus X-Men played out. Like it was mm -hmm. billed as like the throwdown of the century Avengers versus X-Men. And very yeah. shortly in, it became a very different story where, you know, the, Dar the Phoenix Force had come back to Earth. And now it was sort of like kind of had to join forces to stop what was happening, you know? So yeah, I, I could yeah. see that. I could see that the, um, it always throws me off. I went through this thing where I was real, like I told you, I was really into the comics when I was a kid, when I was about 16, 17, I got out of it. And then when I was like 24, I decided to get back in. Um, and it was like, all I did was went down to the local comic book store, picked up like the three latest issues of X-Men, sat down. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, <laughs> miss a little, miss a lot or miss a lot, miss a bunch. Um, I've yeah. since gone back and because then that, of course, I was coming in like just post like House of M, you know. Okay. So I can, I'm like, okay, so there's Sentinels just hanging out on the X-Mansion lawn and that's cool with everybody. And why is Sabretooth at the X-Mansion and just walking around like it's no big deal? Like. Yeah, that took yeah. a little bit more to like reacclimate my, and I feel like I'm about to go through that again here as well. Um, the the did you did you read um, Avengers versus X Men? Um, I didn't. That was around the time I was on hiatus. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've heard of it. I've Wikipedia'd a little bit mm -hmm. about it. Well, I it, mean. It just made me think of the Switzerland thing because we were talking about Avengers versus X-Men. It was that was the big discussion. Like, where does Wolverine go? Like he's technically yeah. a part of both. And he found himself like he constantly in the middle of the entire conflict that was going on because you know that's kind of tough to pick sides on that. Um yeah. yeah, the um so then the the bigger question becomes um what are your impression of the X-Men movies? Oh um <laughs> well. <laughs> uh i think so the first one what we got it wasn't it wasn't terrible i mm -hmm. i understand that they had to kind of combine uh screen time for characters like rogue kind of took the spot of jubilee as the viewer's introduction into the x-men series um i mean hugh jackman played a phenomenal wolverine like that is like, hands down amazing. Uh, I I liked that they introduced Magneto as the the big bad. I think like I don't think he gets he wasn't as badass to me in the first one as he becomes later on. Like I feel 
like you know no shade to the actor but he was he just felt like really old to me and i i thought that he should be maybe a little bit younger a little bit more um like i wanted to see like his strength like his physical strength mm -hmm. i guess uh i mean everyone else i think did a great job i loved all the little nods we got i think there was like a kitty pride one where she like runs through the wall or something to mm -hmm. leave or enter class like that's kind that's kind of cute like it's it's those little nods for the the real fans of the comics mm -hmm. i'm sorry not the real fans the fans of the comics <laughs> right <laughs> there's no fake fans here right um i mean that first movie was was not bad the second one it it was okay it had good parts and bad parts to it i think that was the one where we got lady deathstrike yes i believe mm -hmm. And I feel like her character was wasted. Yes. In that. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't really develop like the rivalry between her and Wolverine. Because in the comics, I mean, like, she's very honorable still. Like, even though she doesn't like Wolverine because of what he did to her. I think he murdered her dad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, she went through all of, like, these, mut not mutations, but genetic modifications just yeah. to enact her revenge on him. And even when she does fight him she doesn't like she doesn't cheat um it's always it's a good fight mm -hmm. and in the movie like, she's taken out like really quickly and really easily i just i felt like because she was mind controlled yeah they kind of they just didn't do that character justice um and then I mean, I was excited at the end, even though Jean died, the fact that they alluded to the Phoenix saga coming, I was so excited for that one. I'm like, oh my God, X3 is going to be about the Phoenix rising. Mm -hmm. And then we got X3 and I was like, that was a lot of storyline that they put into a very small amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, she, she turned evil super fast and... I feel like they left out a lot of the the building up of the Phoenix Force, like, you know, being being good at first and then how she was manipulated into like turning evil. And then it that wasn't X3 was not the best of the franchise. Um, then X-Men First Class came, I think, after that. And it wasn't a bad movie. I feel like it could have not been an X Men movie, mm -hmm. yeah. and it still would have it still would have made sense. Um, so that wasn't bad. I thought that one was was pretty nice, and it was cool to see the X Men as their younger selves, like the mm -hmm. early X Men, like Beast before he became Beast, kind yeah. of a thing. Uh, as those movies progressed, I think there was a heavy focus on Mystique, and that felt weird to me because she didn't seem like a main character like in the x-men franchise as like a, a good guy she was de always depicted to me as more of a villainess or somebody that you couldn't like fully trust so i think uh, i think they tried to do an age of apocalypse movie <laughs> or is that what they called it <laughs> yeah they call yeah. it uh -huh. age of apocalypse. so i'm like yeah we're gonna get this dystopian future like that's gonna be great like i love age of apocalypse and then we got something very different mm-hmm and then once again, 
you know, they alluded to the Phoenix coming and I'm like, oh, didn't we already see this? Right. Hasn't this been done already? And then we got a very watered down version of, I mean, we went straight into Dark Phoenix. Like we didn't even get a Phoenix. It was just like, yep, she's evil. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it it got the X-Men on the big screen. And I think it's it's always good to to see the characters you grew up with and characters you love on a on a big screen like that, and to have other people understand why you love them. Mm-hmm. So I think the X Men movies gave us that. What did you think of Days of Future Past? Oh, I forgot all about that one. Um, <laughs> that one, gosh. I liked parts of it. And mm. I saw both versions. I saw the the rogue cut and the the original one. Um and I I think it was almost like I liked how they rebooted the franchise. It was like a soft reboot mm-hmm. of the franchise. And then from there it didn't really go the way I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I liked that we were able to see the the older characters and like the new characters in the future. That was cool. Um, I liked all the little nods to the other movies. Um, I was really sad when when Bobby died. Like we, he finally became like this bad ass. Like he did like the whole slide thing, and then you know he dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um. Altogether, that's one of the, I have to admit, one of the unfortunate things that are casualties of the X-Men movies. Because when you talk about X-Men, it's not like the Fantastic Four. Like, there are literally oodles and oodles of characters. And the amount of times they were like, oh, we need a character to do this. And they would just, like, snatch a card from the binder and be like, oh, put them in there. And you're like, like, I even felt that way with Days of Future Past. It was like, Bishop and Blank are such awesome characters yeah. who like just like oh yeah they're kind of here and they kind of have powers oh they're dead you know and yeah it's like, oh man yeah. I think we got Warpath in there too is yeah. it Warpath or Thunderbird we got oh. we got one of those I think Boo Boo Stewart played played them mm-hmm. but they they got taken out really quick too it was like it was that character like Blink Bishop and Iceman who that that whole fight scene. In Days of Future Past was beautiful, very mm-hmm. sad and tragic, but like I just I remember like feeling the desperation with Blink trying to like create so many portals to get rid of those Sentinels, and the Sentinel just kept evolving and like figuring out what her power was, and you can just see like she's just desperate, and she you know she can't keep up mm-hmm. creating those portals fast enough, and then it's just like I like I felt sadness. Yeah. So I I mean the movies. I, I love seeing characters like that, like Blink from Age of Apocalypse, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh my God. And a little bit in Generation X. Yeah. Like, little bit. Yeah, for sure. The, um, have you seen New Mutants? I did. Is it worth I it? See New Mutants. You know, I, I didn't think it was as bad as critics said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the New Mutants cast, like everyone they picked to play the main cast was, was phenomenal. Um, and we got little introductions to everybody. Everyone had a great backstory. Everyone's powers were explained. Um, I think 
The only thing I didn't like was Cecilia Reyes was depicted as a bad guy, and that is definitely not who she is. I think they could have created a new character for that. They didn't need to turn an existing, like, good character into a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then the whole, like, demon bear thing, I thought that was beautiful. Like, <laughs> that was that was crazy. Oh, I haven't yeah. uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and mainly because I, like, semi-wrote it off because it had been mm-hmm. delayed so many times. There have been so many reshoots. And when it yeah. came out, the initial reviews weren't good. Um, but you're, like, the third person I've talked to in the last month who were like, it's actually not that bad. Like, it's yeah, not going to blow like, your socks off, but it's a decent movie. Yeah, I think it stands alone great. Um, it came out in theaters for that very brief time during COVID when they reopened. And so we wanted to support our local theater that's that's right across from us. And New Mutants was playing and we're like, hey, let's let's go see it. Like, why not? And it was it was great seeing it in the theater. I thought it was it was beautifully like well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Yeah. Well, that, there yeah. we go. That seals the deal. Yeah. You're like, if you're a, <laughs> if you're an X-Men nerd and you're telling me it's worth it, then okay, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, I've always, I've had this debate for the longest time, and I'm interested to see what you think about it. Uh, being the huge Wolverine fan that I am, I, I thoroughly enjoy Hugh Jackman. I thoroughly enjoy Hugh Jackman's interpretation of Wolverine. I have yet to feel, though, on the movie screen, I have seen Wolverine like tried in blue like and i realize that's like a really really difficult character to cast for um i'll never forget the funniest thing about that is when the movie when they were in pre-production for the first x-men movie um, i was working a job and one of my co-workers was australian he had emigrated here for the united states because he came here for comic-con and met his wife who would become his wife um, oh my gosh so he was like yeah so he moved here and he was a huge x-men nerd he was a huge comic book nerd um, when they announced that Hugh Jackman was playing Wolverine, he was like visibly angry, like to the point of like shaking because prior to, prior to that, Hugh Jackman in Australia was known for doing cabaret shows and stuff like that. Yeah, so he, he was, was like, just Broadway. like, yeah, he was just like, are you kidding me? You have got to be kidding. But then the first time you see it on screen, you're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We can run with this. Um, but that's what I keep wondering now that uh, and we've been waiting a couple of years now, now that Disney's got the rights to X-Men back is how and in what fashion they're going to work the X-Men into the MCU. Um, yeah. What Do you have any thoughts on that? Has that crossed your mind at all? Uh, it definitely has. I, I think now that we're in the multiverse, there are opportunities to bring in these characters uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil like the Doctor Strange movie. Well, I mean, it's in the trailers, but yeah. you know, we we get Professor X. So in that particular world, like we have a we have mutants. So who's to say there's not another world out there where we get to see our X Men? Like to see even like the Fox versions. Like maybe we get a few of them mm-hmm. to kind of connect everything, but. I, I mean, I'm okay with getting a completely new cast on board because I, I don't know where they would start unless they started, gosh, I don't know. I mean, they could start with the Krakoan age that could, that could work or 
I think we could get like maybe a different group, maybe like the Outback X-Men, because I feel like that is an entirely new cast. Uh, people won't have like preconceived notions of that team, except maybe Wolverine. Mm -hmm. But everybody else on there, they haven't done much with those characters. So I think having like Outback or maybe like giant size X-Men, like that team is also really great. I think bringing in the team at a new starting point, like, I mean, I love Jean Grey, but maybe, you know, because we've, we've seen her so much now is not the best time to introduce her. Yeah. And yeah. I, I honestly feel like her character didn't get as much justice as it deserved in the, in the movies either. And it always bothers yeah. me when they take a character who, um, especially from the comics who you know is like really powerful and then yeah. they spend a movie or several movies with them being like all self-doubting and not really sure and it's like would you just let Jean be a badass she's yeah. such a badass um yeah so you know what this is speaking of which you you are like <laughs> i'm gonna consider you like the final judge on this because i gotta okay. get your take on it okay a couple weeks ago Brittany and i were doing a live stream and Doctor Strange 2 had just come out. And that's what we were talking about is, you know, what uh -huh. happened and, and that. And somebody in the stream commented, who wins in a fight, Wanda Maximoff or Jean Grey? And it's been bouncing around my head like a pinball for like a couple of weeks now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wanted to get uh, off the top of your head, your take on that situation. I feel like they are they are pretty even matched. Um, I think if it's Jean Grey with the Phoenix Force, I feel like she would have an advantage over Wanda. But if it's just Jean Grey, like pre-Phoenix Force, I think it would be um, Wanda mm -hmm. would come out on top. Because Wanda's powers are crazy. Like she can manipulate so much. So I, I don't know if Jean Grey without the Phoenix would be strong enough to fight that. But I feel like with the Phoenix Force, um, she would be you know, a, a literal force to reckon with. I mean, it is very close. It's yeah. it's super close. Both both strong, powerful, redheaded women. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I think you're right. I think um, I think Wanda has the edge, unless Jean has the Phoenix Force, and then she just mops the floor with her. Just like yeah, looks at her like, yeah. why are you even here? Get out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Phoenix takes stuff out like that. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other one, and I always find it I interesting. I was having this, um, I literally got into an argument with a friend of mine. I remember like a year ago because he had made a mention about how uh, Bobby Drake, Iceman, was like the most useless X-Men character of all time. And I'm like, you're aware of the fact that he's an Omega level mutant, right? And he got like a credit, like, no, no, no. He's All he can do is throw snowballs and ride around on ice slides and da 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 da. And I'm just like, I don't know how you combat that kind of idiocy. Um, I told him, I said, dude, just you know, get on the internet and do some research. And he came back to me two days later. He's like, oh my God, you're right. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, he's like up there. Um, he is. Do you remember it was prior to Age of Apocalypse? It was the Felmax Covenant storyline they did. Yes, I'm very familiar. Yes, yes. I believe in, I'm older, so things get muddled up there sometimes that that was mm -hmm. kind of like one of those cool nexus moments with Bobby Drake because Emma Frost had inhabited his body and mm -hmm. is able to do all kinds of crazy things with it. He had never even thought were possible. 
And then after he got his own body back and started figuring stuff out, like all of a sudden his like ranking in terms of powerful beings and not just an X-Men, but mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe, like shot through the roof. And now he's just, at least when I left off anyway, he was such a fun character to read. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's still a great character. Um, they just did a, are there, I think there's a continuing series, an Iceman series on Marvel Unlimited that is only available on the app. And the things he's like doing in that comic, it's it's crazy. Like he's he is very strong, mm-hmm. like very powerful. I think people should read that. Um, it's it's great. I love it. Is uh yeah odd question because now I'm just like randomly this stuff is occurring. Is Gambit still <laughs> around? Is he still a thing? You know he is around. Uh, I mean he is. He did splash across. A Hellfire Gala like cover variant cover recently, um, looking very snackish uh, <laughs> in his outfit. I feel like him and Rogue had their mini series like Mr. and Mrs. X, and then from there, like with the Krakoan era, um, they they haven't been on the same team either. I I mean he's around. I just don't really know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think he got his highlight in Mr. And Mrs. X. And like, honestly, the only thing that I can think of is that Hellfire Gala cover with him in his Hellfire outfit. It's just mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. Guys, I'm going to have to yeah. look that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, did you ever, did you ever have gloves and you cut the finger and pinky and thumb off? So I feel like every X-Men fan probably did at some point in time. Um, I either don't wear gloves or I, I get like the zipper part, like where so oh, you can like, okay. take my hand out, kind of thing. I don't like to cut the fingers off. It feels weird <laughs> to me. Plus, I just it feels a little. I don't know. Maybe like dirty. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Because what if you touch things and then like it gets in your like on your costume and I don't know. It's either gloves or no gloves for me. Oh, okay. Because that was always the thing I remember from like the cartoon of the nineties. I remember as kids, we'd always, you know, living here in the Midwest, it gets really cold and we'd get those stretchy gloves and you'd always cut the thumb and finger, forefinger and pinky off. So you look like Gambit, you know, Oh. never mind the fact you'd lose your digits in the blizzard, but it looked cool. So you were going to do it. It did. (laughs) Or you get them, those, um, those mitten convertibles, you know, where like it had the cut off fingers and then there was like this pullover piece. So it turned it into like mittens. Right. Yeah. Right. I remember those too. Yes. Those were, those were really, really cool. I love that. Um, yeah, the, um, I, I, I've been, I'm going back to the, the movie side of it here. The, um, the, the, I don't know what it is about it that bothers me, like in terms of bringing the X-Men into. So I feel like any way you bring them in isn't going to feel right. And I realize I'm nitpicking before they've even written anything. You know, Marvel tends not to strike out when it comes to their movies. They tend to kind of know what they're doing. Because um, yeah. I've talked to other people who said that, well, you know what, they do this Nexus event and it brings like mutants into our world. I'm like, well, that kind of changes the dynamic because it's not like Xavier has spent decades in our time, like fighting, building this team, yeah. building this team and training them all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, we're here visitors, but you've got mutants here, but don't worry. We're here to deal with it. You know, <clears throat> again, maybe that's just me nitpicking. Um, I, I tend to feel like they're going to figure, you know what they had to do. They had to just start with generation X. 
I mean, I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's let's just do Generation X. <laughs> the um, uh, the only problem I would have with them doing a movie version of Generation X is that we found out from X Men First Class that as much as I love the Banshee character, that doesn't translate overly well to film, and they struggled with it even in the animated series. I yeah. remember sometimes some of those episodes that get a little annoying. You'd be like, oh my God, shut up, shut up. Um, he's such a fantastic character, such an interesting character. But yeah, to have anybody on screen who's just screaming the entire time while they're flying, that, that, that that's a little rough. But that would be a fun storyline though. Have you seen the, um, so Generation X had like a pilot back in the day, which I stayed up for to watch. Um, I also have like the bootleg DVD of it. You can find it on YouTube if anybody wants to watch it, but there is like a, a pilot that didn't get picked up. So they just kind of released it as a movie of Generation X. And I think the actor in that one that plays Banshee, I feel as though he did a very good job. Him and the actress that played uh, White Queen, phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see them return like if they want to reach out if marvel wants to reach out and get those those actors i'm here for that i'm gonna have to look that one up that was um yeah emma frost was another casualty of x-men first class like her character did not get um what it deserved at all gosh yeah now i'm i'm like i didn't know never what year did they do that pilot do you know i want to say like 96 it was on fox like I remember Fox did it, but if it's on YouTube, um, I remember it being like, when I saw it, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I showed it to my husband recently and I'm like, oh my God, I don't Mm. remember it being like this, (laughs) (laughs) but it's still, it's still really fun and campy. Not all of the characters made it into the show. They did. They changed Husk to a character named Buff and changed her powers mm-hmm. and then they changed chamber into a character named refrax and also changed his powers so well chamber for who he is and the way he looked in the comics unless you had a good special effects budget that'd be a really tough one it would look amazing yeah. if you did it right but that'd yes. be a tough one to do mm-hmm. yeah that was chris bacalo did that didn't he the generation x run he did. yeah he did. that guy's a god yeah. that man's an I absolute know. god um oh i god. grew up comic wise like i said i'm like you know the jim lee and todd mcfarlane and mm-hmm. you know that style and i remember the first time i picked up a chris Bacalo book it was good but it was so different it yeah. was so insanely different and still yeah. to this day i think he's done some of my favorite covers of all time he's just such a mm-hmm. phenomenal i love following him on instagram and just the random stuff that he posts up there um yeah, yeah i think i posted in my insta stories that one with um that he did with mystique an Iceman on the cover. Yes. Oh, that was such a the great one where they're cover. kissing. Yeah. Oh yes. my God. I know. <laughs> so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Absolutely love that one. It was, um, it's right up there. The, um, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. It's probably now because I think it was when the, if I understand it was during the period that you were kind of like on comic sabbatical that we go through. But when they did um, the X Force run where the team was, wolverine and x23 and warpath and archangel and wolfsbane i that i want to say it only it wasn't a long run it was maybe like 12 issues or something like that yeah but um 
I loved it. It was such a brutal book. Like it was, it was not, it was not a PG rated book and like they have like Wolverine and X 23 team together. And I still remember like one of my favorite covers that Clayton Clayton Crane did, who's a phenomenal artist um, where they're standing there and there's like a fire. And like, so you see them, but you also see partially silhouettes on, on the side of Wolverine. You can literally see like where the flesh has gone around his ribs. And he's just standing there like flexing like a total BA. And you're just like, oh my God, that is so good. That is so good. Um, oh yeah, I've got my X-23 statue up here. Oh, heck yeah. This one, I'm going to see if I can get it done without knocking anything over. I absolutely, this, this took me 10 years to get. Hopefully I don't drop and break it. And that's because when they did this, I'll get it in front so people can see. They only did 500 of these. Oh, altogether limited yeah limited. it was a very limited it was one of those that when they put it out i want to say they all sold out within like 15 minutes because they only released it online and yeah. that took me over 10 years of scouting ebay to find one <laughs> and now i've got it it's number 398 of 500 and oh wow anyway i yeah. mean look at her though she looks amazing yeah it is it and it i mean you can see this thing it is it is, it is freaking massive it's this yeah. big humongous statue um, oh my gosh. yeah, it's, those things are so cool. And now that I'm into 3d printing, I just start making my own. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get it down with that Wolverine up behind it. I've got another X 23 up there that's printed anyway. Um, so as we're, we're getting down towards the end here, but I, this is like, I, I absolutely have to ask before we go out, tell me, tell everybody else about the podcast that you do. Oh, well, it's not, it's not my podcast. Um, it was created by my friend, Paul during the pandemic as a way for him to just kind of like deal with things and connect to people. And he's built this wonderful community of, of X-Men stands. And I think he had reached out to have me on as a guest. And we talked about Generation X because we're, we're around the same age and we were into the same thing. Like we love Generation X, like that's our jam. And he just had me on like a few more times and he said that he likes my vibe. And so now I'm a like guest co-host and we like to team up and do like events. Um, we've talked about premieres. He came out to LA and at that time I had gotten an invite to the Hawkeye premiere and I'm like, you want to go with me? Like, you want to just like go see this? And so we did it and he put it on the podcast, talked about it. Um, and then he just like brought me on. And so now I, I jump on when there's, I think the last episode I did was we discussed the love and thunder trailer. Ah, yes. Yeah. Like just Easter eggs and like what our expectations are and coming up, we are going to do the whole like judgment day series. Like it's mm -hmm. going to be myself. I'm his other co-host uh, mr scott free and then another friend um namor cosplay so like myself and namor cosplay we're on the eternal side <laughs> it's just where i got put <laughs> i love both i love both um, <laughs> and then uh, scott and paul will be on the x-men side and then we have the avengers in there too but nobody's really like for the Avengers. So <laughs> I, I hope we all can remain like biased right. and not get not get too crazy. Mm -hmm. But uh yeah, so that's that's the podcast that I am currently like guest co-hosting. 
Paul and myself are also doing a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, we are hosting the 30th anniversary of X-Men the Animated Series. Oh and God, we've 30 got... years. Yeah, I know. Oh it's, crazy. it's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, we've got uh, Larry Houston, the producer. We've got these the writers, Eric and Julia Leewald. And we have um, Dan Biesenmeyer, one of the storyboard artists for X-Men the Animated Series. He also did the um, the box art for those Hasbro VHS X-Men mm. figures that just came out. Yeah, I think, I don't think I have one near me, but yeah, he he's done the cover art for all of those. Mm -hmm. so. That is awesome. Whoa, yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Gosh, that's been the greatest thing in the world since that's all been up on Disney+. Plus. Like, mm -hmm. I find myself, like, taking Saturdays where I'm just, like, binging the crap out of it and, like, yes. <laughs> going through the memories. Um, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday because she, she's a huge nerd, too. Um, and she's a few years younger than I am. And we were just talking about X-Men and our history of loving the X-Men. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell her, I'm, I told her, I said, the reason why I know I'm certifiable is I was a teenager. And they did. I remember when they did the Dark Phoenix saga. They actually ran it at prime time. Yeah. On like Saturday yeah, or Sunday night, I remember. Mm -hmm. um, and I was watching an episode <clears throat> and I'm a teenage boy. Being a teenage boy, I've got my girlfriend over. My parents are at home. We're making out on the couch and Fox began running a promo for the Dark Phoenix saga. And I literally went, no way, and sat up and completely ignored her and was totally glued to the TV. I'm like, they're doing Dark Phoenix? Oh, my God. I think we <laughs> broke up five minutes later. But <laughs> she wasn't the one. She wasn't no, the one. No, no, no. She was not the <laughs> one. You know, that would have been the ultimate litmus test. If she'd have gone, oh my God, no way, too, then it might have been. But no, yeah. no, no. But anyway, well, uh, we're getting um, up against the clock. Um, I love, love following you on Instagram. And oh, I, I look forward to hearing all you, all that you folks are going to cover on the podcast because that's a, that means I got to get down to the comic book store now and start picking up some comics before we get to judge yes. today. Is that yes. drop or you really can just listen time? to us talk about it. I That's mean, true. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very true. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to uh, let you go. Anything you want to say on the way out? Um, I mean, I don't have like a, I don't have a tagline or anything, but <laughs> if, if you want to follow, I have a second Instagram account. If anybody wants to follow it, um, adventures in geekdom where my husband and myself chronicle our toy collecting and comic book hunting adventures as you can see we are avid collectors of memorabilia so we like to kind of put out on there like you know things we're finding in the wild uh, helping out our toy hunting community uh, just things that we're into um, my regular instagram account is just you know me doing my cosplay stuff uh, the podcast Power of X is a really fun like podcast to follow. We're trying to cover more of these events like Judgment Day. We were doing um, Age of Apocalypse, but that's like on a hiatus for Judgment Day. And then there's a couple other things that we talk about. We've done like Marvel Legends episodes. We're trying to do more of that. And yeah, and then maybe come out to San Diego if anybody's there. We're going to have a panel. Right now it's on Saturday, I believe tentatively um but yeah come to our panel come say hi if you find me i have stickers i give out stickers i have like jean gray stickers <laughs> yeah <coughs> that is cool when is uh 
San Diego Comic-Con this year? I believe it starts on Wednesday's preview night, I believe. Let me just double check my calendar really quick. I want to say the 22nd. Oh, I'm sorry. So the 20th, Wednesday, the 20th of July is preview night. And then it runs all the way through Sunday, the 24th. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. There's lots uh, of things to do out there. If you don't have a ticket, like they set up, uh, they have a special name for it. I can't remember, but they just have like booths and activities that you can do. If you're not, if you don't have a badge to get in, they do stuff at Petco park and they do stuff at like the back dock area that they had like an IDW yacht or something. Oh, wow. There was a adult swim section. They had like a lot of cool, like Rick and Morty stuff from Adult Swim, like the Rickmobile and other franchises from Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Um, they do a lot of things in the gas lamp area and there's always after parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is really cool. Do you ever make it to WonderCon? I, yeah, I do. Um, I just made it to the last one. I uh, had a panel there as well. I did, went to like the X-Men meetup. Uh, I took over for our our podcast Instagram and just like chronicled like everything I did, like dropped off books at the CGC booth, like getting a comic signed by Mike Mayhew, going to the Spider-Verse meetup kind of a thing. <laughs> so yeah, there's lots to do. It's so fun. That so is fun. really awesome. Next year, I'm going to my first one and I'm so <gasps> excited for it. So, oh my gosh. you know, I feel I mean, like you're going to love it. I think, I think I will, yeah. you know, and I had known about it, um, but you know, from some of the people I follow and from the last one, all the people that I follow and the stuff they were posting, like it was, I was like vicariously living through like 15 people the entire weekend. And I just decided like, oh, next year I got to go. I got to find a way to go 100%. So that's in the plan, man. So. Oh man. Well, (laughs) let me know if you make it. I will. Let's like link up and, you know, we'll do something. And we'll get we'll get a beer. I don't know if you're a drinker. We'll get a beer. Yeah, if you know. if you're offering, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Well, uh, once again, uh, thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, gonna keep following, and yeah, yeah, definitely hope we get to talk again in the future. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to come back anytime. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out. You and bet. thanks to Brittany yeah. for the recommendation. <laughs> she gets the thumbs up. She gets the alley-oop on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one. Yeah, you too, James. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. All right, folks. So that was the episode with Michelle. I hope you got your fix of X-Men. Uh, if you didn't, be sure and follow her on Instagram at Michelle Waffle Otero. And uh, yeah, I want to thank all of you. This ride has been really great. Everybody's been really wonderful. There's a fantastic community to be in. I want to thank again, all of you for liking, sharing, subscribing, all those good things. Uh, before I get out of here, I want to say I love all of you. Hope you take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time.